You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. Today, I want to share a passage with you out of Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 7. We're going to be reading Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 7, going to verse 12. The title of the sermon today is, I am tired. (laughs) I'm tired. I can be honest with you, this vacation came at the perfect time, because if I can be honest with you, as your pastor, I'm tired. There's been a lot going on, like in each and every one of your lives, as we've gone into this crazy year of 2020 with work and and the church and having a new baby. If I'm being honest, that's the real reason I'm (laughs) tired. Uh, She is sleeping uh, essentially all the way through the night, so praise God. She uh, turns a year year old next month um, and finally sleeping through the night for the most part. Um, With a brand new puppy and dealing with stuff with the family in Louisiana and things going on in our own life and in in the church and the community, and I'm tired. And luckily, we're uh, right now probably sitting at the beach and uh, (laughs) chasing our children down and hoping our daughter isn't eating all the sand on the Mm -hmm. beach. Um, She probably is, though. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to you uh, today because you might be in the same boat. Uh, Thankfully, you're in church, which is a good thing. Uh, Unfortunately, you're not sitting at the beach next to us uh, (laughs) enjoying. Um, But I want to talk to you about understanding that you probably are tired and that there's things going on in your life, in your family's lives, and in in your jobs, in your businesses, in the community, and you're tired. And and I want to help you um, overcome that tiredness, and we want to walk through this passage of Scripture and and find rest in our tired state. So we're going to start Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 7. Okay. Now on the first day, excuse me, now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him, said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. When was the last time you were in a service that went all the way till midnight? (laughs) You're probably happy that you're in the press church in 2020 as opposed to Paul's church back in the early early years of the church. Paul is speaking with a group of men and women talking and speaking and preaching and going late into the night, and and we see our good friend Eutychus, whose name in the Greek means fortunate, 
doesn't sound like he was that fortunate this night. Um, and Eutychus is in the house, and he's listening to this message, uh, no doubt, uh, is a phenomenal message. Um, you know, just looking and reading at the all of the writings of Paul, the passion that he had in his writing, the um, intensity that he showed in his writing, I can only imagine what it would be like uh, to sit in on one of his sermons, on one of his services. And, um, and in all that, we see Eutychus fall asleep. Not only does he fall asleep, he falls asleep so hard that he falls out the window. <laughs> Just so happens he's three stories up, hits the ground dead. And all of a sudden we see Paul run out there, fall on top of him, embrace him, mm. and brings him back to life. And then it says they carry on the meeting. You would think something that dramatic would stop the service. Um, you know, I, I would assume by now, if not in the short a uh, couple of minutes from now, we'll hear uh, the security alarm go off in the church. And, you know, that enough is enough to make everybody uh, kind of look around and think, is the service almost over? You might hear the kids upstairs with Miss Brenda uh, stomping around. And was that enough to, to get the pastor to shut up so we can go eat? <laughs> Paul is preaching a message, sees a man fall out the window and dies, raises him back up and says he carries on the message and they keep talking until daylight. And after they had eaten, they rejoiced and went on their way. So I want to talk today about the importance of being in church. I guess it's a little hypocritical for us <laughs> to talk about the importance of being in church. You guys should be there. <laughs> um, you are blessed and highly favored for being in church today. And um, we're having our own church right here on uh, during the week. <laughs> And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling worn out, if you're feeling just overwhelmed by life, that the best place to find rest and recovery is in church, yeah. the importance of being church. And I want to look at our fortunate friend, Eutychus, as he's in the church, and it's potentially the way that you feel today walking into church as well today. We see Eutychus is sinking into a deep sleep. He's overcome by sleep. Maybe today you're tired or exhausted, maybe even dealing with depression. You know that feeling, sinking into a deep sleep. You, you, you understand when that gray cloud comes across your path and you can feel yourself sinking into that place. Maybe it's even worse, like Eutychus, you're overcome by sleep, you're overcome by that depression today. You've, you've already succumbed to it, you've already sunk into it, and now that cloud has fully um, surrounded you and, and you're trying to, to make it through life, you're trying to make it through. You know, last week I think was such a timely word for all of us where we talked about surviving a storm, any storm that comes our way, we, we looked at the story of Jesus speaking to that storm, saying, peace, be still. And maybe that was encouraging to you in your situation, but then Monday came and Tuesday came and the rest of this week came and a new storm showed up or the same storm 
you tried to speak to it and all of a sudden it reared its ugly head at you and now you're just tired and you're exhausted like our fortunate friend here. Maybe you're past that stage of being tired and exhausted. And the next thing that we see happens to Eutychus is that as he's tired, he's worn out, all of a sudden he falls from the third story window. And that feeling of falling, that you have no control, that something's going on in your life and you're grasping at straws, you're, you've, you feel like you've been thrown out of a plane with no parachute, and you're trying to figure out how to grab onto something to have some stability somewhere in your life, but it's just not there. You're falling and you feel like you have no control and you're out of control and the kids are out of control, the spouse is out of control, the job is out of control. Maybe you're feeling like that today as you walked in to church. Or maybe you feel the third way that Eutychus felt. He was tired and exhausted. He got past that to the part where he was falling and he was out of control and had no control of his life. And maybe you're at the third place of Eutychus's terrible day, dead. Mm. That you're dead inside. You, 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 you've given up. You've got no more emotions. You've got nothing left to give. You're just laying, going through life. Another way to think of being dead is not having any dreams or not seeing a future way out of whatever's going on in your life. You quit dreaming, maybe as a kid, maybe in high school, maybe in college, maybe in the early stages of the marriage. You used to dream about going here, going there, doing this, doing that. And now you're in a place where there's just no dreams anymore. There's no future in your life. Aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> real encouraging, real <laughs> fortunate. But I want to explain and I want to talk and, and hopefully the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to you and saying, yeah, there's some areas in your life. There's a specific moment. There's a specific circumstance. There's something that happened where you're encountering one of these levels of Eutychus. But the good thing is where that can all change, where that can all be restored, where that can all uh, have uh, something change in a moment is being in church. And what I love about this story is that Eutychus, although, yes, he was tired, although he was exhausted, although uh, he had no control of his situation as he fell out of the window and he had no control once he was dead, he was still in church. He made it a point to be in I don't know what happened to Eutychus before he got there. I don't know how much work he was doing or if, if he was up late, if he was working hard. I don't know his backstory of what happened for him to be a, at the church and fall asleep. I'm just thankful that in his tired, depressed, no control, dead feeling, he made it a priority to be in church. Yeah. Whenever I go to work during the week, and I would assume the same is true for you, when you go to work, you don't go just for the fun of it, <laughs> just to 
go to the water cooler and share stories. And maybe you do, but the reason that I go to work Monday through Friday is because I'm expecting a check on Friday. <laughs> uh, I go there because I'm expecting something to happen. I go there expecting uh, something to change in in my life. I go there with an expectation. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage you today as you're sitting in church, thank you, number one, for being there. There are a lot of people that are sitting at home. There are a lot of people uh, that are mad at the church. They've been hurt by the church. They're struggling in their relationships. They're struggling in their life. They're embarrassed by their sin. They're embarrassed by who they are or what they aren't. And they stayed home today. And they stayed home many, many times. They've been hurt by the church. They've been laughed at by the church. They've been kicked out by the church. The church has done them wrong, but you decided to come to church today. Mm-hmm. And just like when we go to work and we expect a church, expect a check, we should be going to church expecting an encounter with God, expecting yeah. a moment with Him. That when we're tired and weary and we sin and we mess up and, and we're struggling and we're trying to get out of this funk of depression or whatever's going on in our life, that we make it a priority to get into church as yeah. fast as possible. Because we see Eutychus in this moment as he's struggling, he's still in church. And because he's in church, a miracle happens. Mm-hmm. Because he's in church, a life-altering, a life uh, experience, a breath of fresh air is brought into his life. I've never, I've regretted going to a lot of places in my life, and you probably have as well, but I can honestly say I've never regretted going to church. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I might not have been happy to be going there every Sunday, Wednesday, every time the doors were open. But it was always life refreshing yeah. uh, whenever I walked out of there. I wrote this down. I said, I've never regretted going or being in church. I have received impossible answers to earthly questions by heavenly assignments at church services. Mm-hmm. Answers that I've needed, questions that I've had. I've encountered people, I've encountered God, I've heard a song, I've heard a scripture. I've seen something, I've experienced something that earth couldn't answer, that only heaven could answer. So I want to talk about the importance of church. So we see in the story in Acts chapter 20, after Eutychus has fallen asleep, fallen out the window, and now is laying on the ground dead, Actually, can't. I actually don't have the numbers on there, so I don't know what uh, what part of the scripture it is. Oh, I <laughs> um, it says, "But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him, said, "Do not trouble yourself, for his life is in him." It's verse ten. Verse ten. <laughs> so as soon as this happens, and he's in church, we see Paul run down mm-hmm. to him that we don't see Paul tell the people, pick him up and bring him back in here. Or Paul doesn't say, ooh, I don't want to touch him. He's squishy from the fall. He's bloody. He's icky. And the beautiful thing about the church 
And what I want to stress to you and the reason you're in church and, and the importance of being in church on a steady basis is the church meets people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Paul immediately stops what he's doing, sees someone hurting, sees someone struggling, sees someone dead, and he goes and runs and he falls on top of him. Mm-hmm. And we see this all throughout Jesus's ministry. Mm-hmm. Jesus meets the woman who's committed adultery. They bring her to him, caught in the middle of the act, and throws her in the middle of this crowd. And it says Jesus bends down right next to her, meets her where she's at, naked, afraid, embarrassed, dirty, and Jesus ministers to her there. I think that's God's nature as well. You know, when we're in a place of needing rest or feeling exhausted and feeling tired. It's human nature to want to try and fix that ourselves. But it's God's nature, like you just said, to meet us where we're at. And when we're so tired and we need help or we're exhausted, whatever the case may be, God comes to us. Paul's a perfect example of how God reacts to us when we're in need. He meets... Zacchaeus Mm. in a tree. (laughs) And he tells Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. He could have told Zacchaeus, well, let's go to a restaurant or I don't want to be seen in public or I don't want to be seen at your house, your tax collector. Obviously, uh, we see at the end when he is restored that he says, I'll give all this Mm -hmm. money back to people. So he'd been stealing money from from people and... Jesus says, I'm going to your house today. I'm going to sit and talk with you. Jesus meets his disciples at their job. He finds Peter and the fishermen on their boats. He finds Matthew as a tax collector. He goes and eats at his house as well. And we see him meeting these people where they're at in in their lives. Jesus meets sick people. Remember, it was unlawful for them to for anyone to touch someone with leprosy. If they had leprosy, they had to be all the way out, far away. And as soon as they saw the speck of a person on the horizon, they had to yell out, I'm unclean, 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 stay away from me. And we see time and time again, Jesus get closer and closer and meeting them where they're at and touching them and putting his hands on them, putting his hands on these sick people and watching them recover. We see Jesus meeting the dead at the cemetery he goes to Lazarus. Lazarus is in a tomb, dead, four days, stinking, rotten. No life in him. And Jesus calls life out of him. And the last one I wrote down was that Jesus meets the thief on the cross. Jesus himself dying, suffering, struggling, paying. Not only is he dying this horrific death on the cross, he also has all the weight of sin, sickness, and evil sitting on top of him. And he takes time to meet this thief and to lead him into heaven. Mm. It's the importance of church that that we as a church family, we meet people where they're at. Not everybody is a super Christian. They they don't know the, the whole Bible. They don't know, even some people don't even know what the Bible says or what a Bible looks like. They don't know the stories but we meet them where they're at and we love them. We fall on top of them. <laughs> we hug them. We embrace them like we see Paul doing 
the next thing of the importance of the church is the church embraces people. Mm. Paul falls on top of him. He meets him where he's at. He's dead on the ground, three stories down. Paul runs as quick as he can. And let that be the cry of our church and, and press church, that we run and meet the community where they're at. Yeah. And that we can embrace them just like we see Paul doing with this person who is hurting and dying. We see um, in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, Luke chapter 4, Jesus is speaking and he's, he's reading a passage from the Old Testament. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In Colossians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1, it reminds us that Jesus is the head of the church. He's, he's, the, he's the CEO. He's the president. He's the one in charge of the church. Remember, he says that he's going to build his church and the gates of hell is not going to prevail. Jesus right now is building press church and he says the gates of hell are not going to prevail against our church. Mm -hmm. He's the one that's in charge. And he's reading this scripture and he's talking about himself, but him being the head of the church and us being the bride of Christ and us being a part of the church if he's the head, then this is his vision. This is his mantra. This is his command to the rest of the, the quote-unquote business organization of church. And so us as the church, press church, the churches that are here in the community, the churches that are in the state and the nation and the world, we are called to embrace people just like he said. Because we know, we talked about it last week, that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us. And Jesus says right here, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want to encourage you today and remind you the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, He's anointed you. Mm -hmm. And He's anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. It's not just the pastor's jobs to preach the gospel message. We preach it inside the church to encourage and remind you and fill you up so that you can go out and speak to people that we might never have contact with, that we might never have the opportunity to speak with. We empower you to go and preach that gospel message to the poor. That God has sent us all to heal the brokenhearted. He sent us all to proclaim liberty to the captives and to lay hands on the sick and recover the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to remind you today that 2020 is the acceptable year of the Lord. Doesn't matter what's going on all around you. In the name of Jesus, 2020 is your acceptable year of the Lord. The importance of being in church is to embrace people and to be embraced by people. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are called to to love people and go out there, but sometimes, like I told you, I'm tired. I need to go and I need a hug. (laughs) I need to be reminded that God is good and God is on our side. I need to be reminded, just like you need to be reminded, that I get to share with you every Sunday, that we get the chance to go and and, and meet people where they're at and embrace them and and love on them and help them and heal them and speak life into them. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I see that the the importance of the church is the church has the life-giving message to bring 
to the dead, that there's life. Just like Paul said, he said, do not trouble yourselves for his life is in him. Mm. And in my mind reading that, I see his life is in him, is his is being Christ's life, Mm -hmm. that Christ's life is in him. It's in the church. It's in us. In John chapter one, verses four through five, we see the John speaking at the very beginning of his book. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. We have a life-giving message. Paul goes out there, meets the person where he's at, embraces him, lays on top of him, and then he speaks life into him. He prays over him. And he brings this life message. We know that life message as the gospel message. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. I'll repeat it till I'm blue in the face, until I'm dead and in my casket. You'll hear it forever and hopefully you'll remember it. That Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. And if anyone confesses or believes that gospel message, their life can go from death to life. Their life can go from uh, failing and tired and over and no control into a glorious moment and encounter with God. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Understand family that people don't understand the church. Mm -hmm. People don't understand Christians. People want to know when all this stuff is happening in your life or in the world or whatever, why are you not freaking out? Why are you not losing it? Why are you not falling and having no control? The darkness doesn't understand the light. Yeah. And but, I think as well, people, sorry to interrupt, people who don't understand us as believers and what we have, they all, it's also partly because they're so used to living life on their own and they may have tricked themselves into thinking they're getting by and they're doing okay so they don't need God, they don't need what we have, but it's because they truly don't understand what it's like to live with God and live in that freedom and live with that eternal life and that eternal blessing here on earth that we have. And it's just, that's another way of how they don't understand us, but when you have that, when you have experienced that life that God offers you, you can't fake it anymore. You can't live life on your own and just get by. You have experienced the goodness of God before, so you reach for it again. You believe for it again in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I grew up in church. We got saved before I turned four, and I think I was born in the nursery of the church, then the nursery of the hospital, and the importance of me being in church, even now with having a family, Mm -hmm. getting saved and getting spirit-filled and getting water baptized and, and the relationships and the godly men and women that spoke into my life and my family's life and the blessing <clears throat> the blessing that we had when we had no money and the church blessed us with 
having a food pantry and providing. And um, when when things happened in our family's lives that people were there for us and took care of us and provided for us, the importance of being in the church when I was at my lowest of lows, when our families was at the lowest of lows, of going to church and, and being embraced and loved and taken care of and breathed and preached life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And the, only, the greatest place to hear that Word of God preached is to be sitting in church with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The church is designed, I wrote this, is designed and set up to help the body and the world. Now more than ever, we need the church we need the community of people, community of people that we sit next to every Sunday, press church. We need that life-breathing power of Christ to build us up. Yeah. The church holds the cure. It holds the cure hmm. to everything that's going on in the world, all the hate that's in the world, all the animosity that's in the world, yeah. all the anger that's in the world, all the darkness that's in the world, all the fear, all the failure, all the struggles. The church is the only thing that holds the cure. You hold the cure inside of you. God did not send Jesus to make bad people good. God sent Jesus to make dead people come alive. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And that's what we see Paul doing in this story. He runs down there, and he doesn't question, he doesn't yell at our fortunate friend, and tell him, I can't believe you fell asleep on my second point. I can't believe this and that. He just falls on top of him, loves him, and brings him back to life. Yeah. So we see how you might have walked in today. Hopefully now you're seeing the importance of church, that you're there and <clears throat> sitting there and enjoying God's presence and enjoying God's people. So let me tell you how you're going to walk out of this building today. <laughs> We're going to finish with the last part of the scripture in verse 11 and 12. We'll jump back up to 10. But when Paul went down, fell on him and embracing him, said, Do not trouble yourself, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, praise God, and they were not a little comforted, which means they were beyond excited. So how are you going to walk out of this service, and how are you going to walk out of Every service that you go to going forward, number one, you're going to walk out alive. Mm. Yeah. You might have come in dead, no dreams, no future, but when you taste and see, when you expect God to do something, every Sunday when you walk in, God, I expect you to show up. I expect you to breathe life into my situation. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And do this knowing the time that now is the high time. Right now, where you're sitting, whatever you're going through, right now is the time mm -hmm. to come alive. To wake up out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That salvation is something, yes, I am saved on whatever day you confessed and believed, but I need salvation every day in my life. Mm. 
I need to be saved from my thoughts. I need to be saved from the sin that I'm dealing with. I need to be saved from my, my own emotions, from sickness, from disease. I need to be saved from the crazy person that just cut me off in traffic and the crazy person that's in the cubicle next to me. And I was going to say my, the crazy person that I'm married to, but I'm not going to say that. Also, I'm the crazy person in the cubicle next to you because you work from home now. So... Back to the scripture. <laughs> For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I want you to be encouraged today that God is so near to you yeah. that he is ready to breathe his life into you, that his mercies are new every morning, yes. that every time you come into church, I need to be made alive again. I need a fresh breath from you, Holy Spirit. I yeah. need a, a, a new wind. I need a, a new desire. I need a new mm-hmm. dream. I need a new something to happen when I come into church. The second thing that we see how you're going to walk out is alive and fed. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And he is. He is. <laughs> we see that once, this, once Eutychus is alive and well and the service keeps going, that it says they've broken bread and eaten. First Peter says that we desire the pure milk of the word. That when we come to church, we have a desire inside of us to be fed. That I'm hungry to hear what God has to say for me. It's been interesting. Uh, I remember Pastor Eric telling us uh, before, um, and it's even happened with us as well, uh, that we we prepare a sermon and, and we believe God wants us to say something. And um, I remember Pastor Eric telling us a story once that he was preaching. I don't even remember what he was preaching on. Um, and, a, and a man came up to him afterwards and he says, man, I just want to say thank you uh, for that awesome sermon. Um, you know, it was, it, it really spoke to me about my marriage and, and, and my, uh, me and my wife and some things that we need to do. And Pastor Eric was telling us, he said, the message wasn't even on a marriage. It wasn't on relationships even, you know, I mean, he said, but the Holy Spirit knew what that mm-hmm. man needed to hear. Yeah. And so whatever the the preacher was saying, <clears throat> it doesn't matter what the topic is. And I pray that all the time. You know, I believe God wants me to speak whatever I'm preaching and speaking, but say whatever that needs to be said to flow through me to help somebody whether it's a, the topic that I'm talking on or not, that I just want the Holy Spirit to feed me. I just want the Word to feed me. I just want to be fed and refreshed and walk out with a full belly in my spirit of a new scripture and a new uh, song in my heart. Yeah. And the last thing that we see is being comforted. That it says they brought the young men and they were not a little Comforted, which means they were comforted a whole bunch. They were so excited that this man was alive and that they had the experience with Paul and um, that when you walk out of church today that you are comforted. Let's look at Psalms 29, verse 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. (laughs) That when you come to church, no matter what state you're in, no matter what's going on in your life, that you should leave church in a better mood. Mm -hmm. Hopefully when you come to Press Church, no matter what mood you're in, 
hopefully with worship and fellowship and the word and the preaching and the prayer and the encounters and everything that happens on a Sunday at Press Church, you leave in a better mood than when you came in. That's our goal. That's our prayer uh, that God speaks to you. That as you walk out of every service, you walk out alive with a fresh breath in your spirit. You walk out fed and you walk out comforted. And our prayer is the Lord will give strength to his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. I love buying toys for Noah. When we were younger and uh, living in Dallas, there was a, a grocery store right next to our apartment. And every time we went, I would buy Noah uh, a Hot Wheels car, 99-cent car. We probably have 10,000 of them now. <laughs> Dear Lord, I hope I didn't spend $10,000 on <laughs> cards. But uh, we have a lot of Hot Wheels cars. And I love buying gifts for my kids or for Maddie. And uh, I love for Noah. Eliza isn't uh, old enough yet to really enjoy the gift. But uh, Noah to buy him a gift and um, to see him, you know, get it in a bag and he's holding it in his bag and, and he's running out the store and he's so excited. He might have gone in to Target or Walmart or, well, I guess Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> RIP, um, and to, to whatever store we went into and he might have been in a bad mood. He might have been, uh, you know, grumpy or, you know, whatever kids, you know, they don't want to be at the store anymore. They want to be home playing, doing whatever. And then uh, he gets a gift he gets a toy, he gets something, uh, he gets some food in him because he's grumpy because he hasn't eaten. <laughs> and to see that that face light up and, and the excitement as he's running out the store and he can't wait to go home and show mom uh, his gift or uh, his grandparents the gift that he got, the new toy or whatever that he had. And then eventually as we went to this store in Dallas, there was an expectation that every time he went there, he got a Hot Wheels car. And all of a sudden I thought, uh-oh, I've created a monster. Um, because the expectation was every time we walked into uh, Tom Thumb, I believe the store was called, yeah. it was, Dad, can I get a car? Like, no, we're just running, we're just hurrying, we, I don't have... But every time I come here, I, I get something. I, I, I'm blessed with something. And the expectation was, Dad... I come here expecting something, and it moved my hand to say, okay, son, let's, let's go get you a car. Let's go pick something out. His expectation level increased because it had happened before. So I want to encourage you today that when you come to church, yeah. just like Noah going into Target in a bad mood, you might come into church, you might be in a bad mood right now. But don't leave in a bad mood. Let God speak to you. Come into church every service, every time those doors are opening, expecting the good gift of God, that he's going to love you. He's going to pour his mercy, his grace, his spirit. He's going to bless you with a prophetic word. He's going to do something in your life. And the more those things happen on a regular basis in church, it gets you more excited to go. It gets you more excited to invite people to come. you got to come and experience what I've experienced. It, it raises your level of expectation whenever 
you go to church. You're not just going, well, I got to go to church because I've always gone to church or, you know, I, I, I've been sinning, so I, I need to go and ask. No, no, no. There's a there's an expectation level of I'm going to be made alive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get fed. I'm yeah. going to be comforted because I, I, I've gone through all this stuff throughout the week and throughout the month and throughout the year and throughout my life. And I've got to be in church because when I'm in church, who knows what can happen? God can bless us and God can show up. Being in church gives us rest and renews our strength. When you've been alone or you feel isolated, know that God did not intend for us as Christians to be alone and isolated. Satan wants to isolate. Satan wants to pull you out away from church. And I, I know that I'm, I'm preaching to the people because you're there in church today. You know the importance of being in church. But I want to encourage you to invite those people who have been hurt by the church, who are angry at the church, who, have, who feel like they're not worthy enough to be in church, who those who feel like, just like Eutychus, are, are, are tired, are weary, are falling. They have no control, or maybe they're dead and they need salvation. They need to be made alive, that you bring them to church as well. Know the importance of church, that it can help and change your life, change their lives, and that you will walk out of this building a changed person. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything to add, my love? I do not. (laughs) We're so excited that y'all are here today. I apologize for us not being there, but we are getting rested up, and believe me, we are praying for y'all today. We are standing in agreement with y'all today that you are going to survive every storm that comes your way. We are believing that no matter how you walked in, that God is speaking and refreshing you today and encouraging you today and loving you today, and you're going to walk out happy, excited, and you are going to see a difference. And when you come back Sunday, I ask you and I, I beg you, Come expecting God to do something because we expect it every Sunday and we're praying and believing while we're out on this beach that when we come back refreshed and ready, because we're believing for big things in 2021 for Press Church in this community. What the devil tried to steal from us with this COVID and shutting the churches down and doing all this stuff in 2020. Okay, he got... He got a little bit of this year, but 2020, we're believing for God to do big things in this community and in this church. He's going to restore the finances that we lost. He's going to restore the people. He's going to restore you. He's going to restore your family and your finances, and we're expecting that, and I want y'all to couple agree with us in faith. Come embrace us in faith that God is going to move in 2021, and he can move the rest of this year in Williston, South Carolina, and Impress Church. And so Maddie's going to pray, and we are going to dismiss and bless y'all out. Lord, I just thank you so much for today. Thank you for the word that was just brought. Lord, we thank you for everyone here. I thank you that their faith has been increased today, Lord, that just they came in and maybe they were tired, like Jeremiah said, or they just needed to hear from you, God. And I thank you that you did speak to them, Lord, that you are speaking to them, that you are comforting them, God. You are such a personal and timely God. You are there whenever we need you. You are there whenever we feel like all hope is lost, God. That's when you reach out and you extend your hand, you fall on us and you comfort us and you restore us. So Lord, I just declare that 
everyone's lives are restored and full of peace this morning, that they walk out of this building filled with your joy, that your joy is their strength, and they will carry that strength with them everywhere they go throughout this week, Lord, that they will remember what it's like to encounter you, and they will constantly be looking for the next encounter with you, Lord, in their lives. So we just thank you for Press Church. We thank you for the people in this community. We call them blessed in the name of Jesus. Keep them safe until we're able to see them again. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday, hopefully with not too bad of a sunburn. Y'all have a great week. (laughs) Bye. God bless. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.